Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is episode 30, the big 3-0. We'll get on that in a second. I'm here with my very I'm, – I'd call you a best friend, man. But you, man. There's, there's everybody's a best friend at a different angle. Adam Martinez. Hey, thank you very much for having me. That was probably the worst introduction anybody's ever that, given somebody. That was a solid one, man. I got, I got a bestie plug. That's nice. <laughs> this is the episode 30. Definitely listen to the end because I have a, a surprise for you guys, actually, for listening all the way to episode 30. Unless you just started listening, in which case, fuck you. I mean, just kidding. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> we appreciate it. So stupid. All right, dude. I literally just got home. Just got off the plane. You met me here. I had to wait. I had to kill time while you were getting from LAX. Dude. Got back from Hawaii, super fun trip. We'll talk about that on a future podcast because I'm still processing it. Um, also here with Adam, who's got a bunch of crazy stories. We'll save my stupid shit for later. You guys ready for this episode? Either turn it up, turn it down, or just adjust because it's now set, baby. All right, dude. So you're from Chicago. Yes, sir. So you've been on planes a lot. Yeah, I've definitely been on planes a lot. Um, the funniest plane story I have is uh, I got sick on an airplane (laughs) and when i say sick uh i had the pukes the shits like everything in your body i was like couldn't hold down water bro and this lady's looking at me like i'm fucking patient fucking zero because i I look like i have the ebola virus (laughs) i'm just sweating snotting i literally have my foot because i'm like six one and have you been in an airplane bathroom that's a shit it's a closet dude for real i was literally i took a shit in the on on the airplane today and i was sitting in there i was like there's no way two people could fucking hear not anymore thanks a lot thanks a lot bin laden (laughs) yeah fuck you bin laden taking away our freedoms Oh, no, yeah, but uh, I, I was puking on that poor plane, and that lady looked at me like she was so mad. I, I felt bad, but I was sick, so I don't know. Couldn't really be that pissed at her. Jesus Christ. Dude, they're kind of bitchy, dude. They, Sometimes they can be, man. If you get if you get a bitchy one, not, no bueno. Straight up, like, they were serving sandwiches or whatever, and she, like, walks by, and she's like, hey, like, can you sit your chair up for the, like, courtesy of the person behind you? And I was like, all right. So I turned around. One, the person wasn't eating. And two, it was like a 12-year-old. I was like, nah, fuck you, bitch. Like, she's smaller than me. Like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. Fuck, man. They got to respect their elders. How long is that flight? Oh, dude. It was like seven hours. Oh. Yeah, okay. Okay, riddle me this. Fucking left at 1 o'clock p.m. Hawaii time, okay. which is three hours behind. So 4 o'clock here, I landed at 9.30. Five and a half hours. That just that confused me a lot. That's five and a half hours is how long it was. That shit sucked, dude. It was a, it was an, it wasn't a seven forty seven. It was an Airbus, which is bigger than that, dude. Okay. The fucking there's there's two window seats. There's two there's two in a row on a window, and then four. In the middle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it's like Huge. it's like the National Lampoon's like vacation, like the the jo- okay. Huge, God dude. Damn. And like every seat was filled except the one next to me both times. The one there on the way back. And I was you like, took a shit on that plane. I did. I, hey, dude, I got a joke about that, so I love it. No way. Yeah, I got an onstage joke. It's, it was a one-liner. I'll tell it here. I don't give a fuck. It's uh, I tell people I joined the uh, no, not a one-liner. I joined the Mile High Club uh, <laughs> this this week. Yeah, I took a shit on that plane, fucked everybody for two hours. That's just a simple. Oh, thing. Yeah, this fucking guy, dude, that's fire! How come I've never heard that before? Uh, I tell it. Spare- I only tell it when I travel because it's relevant. <laughs> and I think, and I, and I save it for that. I fucked everybody. That's so good. Fuck. That's literally what you did, though. Yeah, good job. Mile yeah, High Club, Galen. Dude, dude, I literally like. 
I was like, oh, well, this dry-ass toilet isn't going to be able to flush my giant-ass shit. And then I pressed it and it was like... You were dropping logs? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. At least we're, at least we're butt sneezing. No. <laughs> what? You know when you sit on the toilet and it, it's just, it, ain't even, it ain't even a poop. It's just a butt sneeze. You're Dude. like, what, what just happened? Dude. Okay, we're faded right now, bro. Yeah. And so, like, I just closed my eyes and rubbed it. And, like, I just saw, like, the inside of an asshole if there was a light in it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, eating booty like groceries with Galen Nash. Oh, fuck. Fuck, man. Yeah, uh, Chicago comedy scene. Uh, fucking that shit was dope. Um, that was, uh, I came up doing that shit. And Is that uh, where, you, where, where was your first mic? Where was it? First mic was Riddles Comedy Club. So it's a Southside Comedy. It's like the Southside Comedy Club. So Chicago. Club. Yeah, Chicago. Okay. But it's the Southside Comedy Club because most of them are in the city because it's much safer for tourists and easier for money. Right. And comics tend to go to the city. But, you know, you start, restart, and uh, went to the <laughs> south side, and, dude, that place was um, some some happy comics and some angry comics, but there's a lot of angry comics, because they don't have the allure of L.A. So, like, out here in California, you guys can look, and it's there's it's a tangible goal. Yeah, it's right there. You, yeah, you literally look right there, and there's Chris D'Elia. Yeah, you could, oh. you could go to the comic store and accidentally get passed as regular. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and in Chicago, like, you might see Hannibal Burris if you buy a fucking ticket. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you gotta really hustle to get in those rooms so the mics are cutthroat, which either makes you good, but if you're not good, those guys are angry. That you're wasting their spots? No, the, the, the guys who aren't good are angry that they're not getting better because they, you know, people, comics who don't get better, comics who don't listen to older comics, give them good advice. Right? Sure. 100%. We all get... We, we, none of us... Well, obviously your own. stage presence improves naturally through your own state of being mm-hmm. the more you're on the mic. Absolutely. But you, you learn, hey, pause here. Okay. You use different inflection on your voice here. And you know, older comics give you little tips like this and you start taking it into your own writing later. So your writing is more your own. But when a, when a comic is your starting, you need to get advice because it's going to give you the shortcut. Right. Why, why bang your head against the wall and just do, I'm going to do what I want to do. And we, we've all seen those guys in the comedy scene where they're going to do what they want to do and we all watch them and then they bitch about everyone else booking because they're doing what they want to do. But, I mean, man, some of those jokes, if they're not funny, dude, you, you, you do need to make a funny joke. You know what I mean? And dude, that's, that's more facts. for like, like young open micers who are learning. You really do have to go work at your joke. And that's, dude, you're on the scene how many months? Me? Yeah. Eight. Fuck, dude. You hustle. The reason you're where you're at, you're hustling. So when you see somebody get you know upset, like, oh, this guy, how's this guy? Because he's fucking hustling. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. When you come up with those guys for two years and you see them not hustle for two years and still go, why am I not booking? Oh, like, dude, shit. Dude, I'm telling you, like, they have the same shitty five minutes two years later. And you're Yo, literally you're, like you're dissing that one guy right now, dude. I know exactly who you're talking about. There's a few, no, there's I a don't few. want to name drop him. Oh no, there's a there's him. a few there's a few comics who do were like that. And dude, we're literally like, what are you doing? Like, we, we try to help him out. Hey man, maybe try some new jokes. You know, which comics out here, you almost have to tell them like, get a tight five. Everyone's trying a new joke every time. Yeah, but back there it's the opposite. They, they get stuck in the tight five mindset and don't get a good five. Their yeah. tight five is shit. So that's Damn. why they don't book, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
I'm honest. I'm not being How mean. competitive? For how, how small were the spots in Chicago? I'm sure okay. there's a lot of comedy in there. Uh, downtown, but they're all established. So you're going up against 20-year vets. And you're five months in. Damn. And you're, yeah, good luck with that. You know none of the bookers. They've known those bookers for 10, 20 years. You're not getting those spots. So you're going to have to go out to rural Illinois and do bars, fucking bars. You're gonna have to do bowling alleys. No, for real. No, they're bowling alleys that do like because they're out in rural whatever. So they have the space, so they'll put a stage up for music. Like a banquet hall. It's sort of like that. Yeah, very similar. So that but they'll put up chairs and do these rural people will come and you wind up doing those. That's where you start, and you maybe have six or eight comics, and it's four time, maybe three or four shows a month. So if you're getting on once a month, you're doing well. And they don't, yeah, because it's a hardworking people. I don't know how the fuck people here come to an open mic. Like, you see, like, regular people who aren't comics come to, come to an open mic. And you're like, oh, yeah. You're like, what the fuck are you guys here? What are you doing here? with your life? Like, I'm, I have to be here and I hate myself. Like, what are you doing? Dude, but that's always the best, dude. When I'm at, like, let's yes. say Centerfields and there's, like, two people there, random people, and you make them laugh, bro, that's the, that's the that's best what, laugh. That's what we live for. I'm not saying us. We love you. Thank you for coming out. I couldn't sit through <laughs> open mic weekly. I have we have to. Every comic knows. Every comic sits through an open mic and goes, "This is, this is fucking." If you're watching your friends, you're hyped because you're that's yeah. The thing those you are your boys. Yeah, you have you, you have your homies and and generally this scene's really cool because there's, there's a lot of cool people you can really mesh with. Yeah. And so generally here, it's much easier to do an open mic because you like the person. But in Chicago, when you have a guy who you've heard talk shit about you. Like, that guy's just a fucking asshole. And you're like, it's one thing if you're like, oh, he's a comic, but he's an asshole. We all are. Yeah. But if they're like, no, that guy's a fucking douchebag. Like, that's a different... Like, Yo, they have what, a problem was that? Being, what was that accent? That's just how I... I, I, I Yo, and, that guy's a fucking douchebag. <laughs> that's what you said. You were like, douchebag. Yeah, douche but yeah, I put inflection on it because that's not how that I would say That guy was a douchebag. Oh, my God. <laughs> you sound like a cowboy that had... I'm not gonna say it. Go, you go. You're walking a tightrope this week, G Dash. I love you. Uh, yeah, no, but the, the comedy scene was it was aggressive, but you got good quick. You didn't. I bet. You, I bet. If, if you fucking dude, they would light you in two minutes if you sucked. For like, real. Bang, and it was a five minute mic. Bang, get the fuck out! And the guy would be like, "You lit me already. I know." Oh, that's... They would treat you. Savage, yeah. dude. I know. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know I did it. And the guy was a big... You idiot. did it to a guy? No, I didn't do it. I'm, dude, I'm like the nicest guy to comics. If you get five minutes, if you're bombing up there, I'm going to leave you up there and you're going to come back and yell at me like, why didn't you light me a four a- or three, asshole? But I'm not going to take your minutes away because... You're bombing. Well, first off, that's on you. You yeah. came to the mic. You know how many how many minutes you had to do. So if you went up and you were trying new shit, well, you're trying new shit, dude. Don't be so hard on yourself. That's one thing. But if you're doing your set half-ass and you're bombing because of that, <laughs> that's on you, dude. I don't... I mean, I'm going to let you sit there That's on you, dude. Accountability to this profession. It's just the way you said it. It's the way you said it, bro. Fuck, okay. dude. I don't have a that's lot of... That's on you, dude. <laughs> I came up with people... The people who'd be in the mics were work, are working class people. They're oh, yeah. union working... Hardworking, they have no aspirations. They fucking hate Hollywood. You know, every time they find out I'm in California, like, oh, land of fruits and nuts. Like, they fucking hate anything that's not Chicago. <laughs> and if you get up there and you tell fucking 
long ass things with no punchline, they're gonna be like, get him the fuck off stage. And you're like, oh my god, that's really happening. That's really. I mean, thank God I didn't get that treatment, but man, I seen people get it. Eesh. <laughs> what, what can you say, man? What? It yeah, was your, your face though, dude. Dude, what, <laughs> when it's your friend and you're they're bombing, it's the worst when you're, it's your friend and they're bombing. And like, then, and then you laugh to try to get like the room to start laughing, yeah, but, but nobody does. No. And then you're just that asshole. You feel like the heckler because you're like, ha. Ah. Yeah, fuck. You just put your hat down like, yeah, oh, this guy doesn't know comedy either? You're like, fuck, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it, it was cool, man. And then I met a lot of cool comics out there who were older and they took care of me. That's they told dope. me like, do this, step up to the stage, hold the mic, don't drop the mic. Don't tell the crowd when to laugh. That's what you drop, when you drop the mic, you're telling the crowd when to laugh. And they said, don't do that shit. Hold it up here, we'll, we'll tell you when it's funny. And I was like, oh shit. They, they really, they press that shit. And if you can't make an audience laugh, you weren't getting stage time. And they were dicks about it. That's dope as hell, dude. The shit out here. Like, I found out the bookers out here go, oh, yeah, um, I'll get back to you. Like that's I've a, done that. That's a California booker. In Chicago, they go, nah, bro. Oh, fuck. I can't do that, dude. Because you guys are nice. It's a much better scene. It should be like this. That's way because no, because no, you know what you get. You said that. Well, that was a nice. If you have some self awareness, and a booker tells you, "I'll get you up when I can," he's saying, "Fuck off, hold on," and I will get you up when I can if you don't fucking ask me again. I will remember you. Right. Keep coming to the rooms. Keep supporting the scene. Yes. And we'll get you up as long as you work hard. Yes. But when you're not working hard, man, this is California, bro. We got five. Thousand comics we could throw a Rolodex at. You get eight comics off a tree here, and they'll be oh, funny. Yeah. yeah, these are good. Like you'll be at Mike's going, fuck. These are some funny. So I come out to the Mike's here, and I was like, these are some funny motherfuckers, dude. Because <laughs> you're all different. There's people from different areas. Yeah. And then you have your California style, which is also very chill. It's, it's cool. Oh, man. dude. And it's definitely with Chicago. You just have Chicago. It's like a joke every seven to ten seconds, or get the fuck off stage. Yeah, I try to do that. You no, you would. I told you already. You'd fit in there because you're you're telling jokes. Set up punchline. Cool. Oh yeah. Excuse me. You don't try to get cute with your joke. You don't try to be like, okay, and and then tag on something that really happened that nobody gives a fuck about. Right. We're here to see. Oh, dude, Daniel Tasha. I was listening to Tosh, and he had a, an interesting point. He was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't use transitions. A lot of comics use transitions." He'd be like, "I was at the mall the other day. No, you weren't. Get to your joke." Yeah. Hundred percent. You you don't need to. That's why I don't use the the airline joke unless I literally just came off a plane. That's dope. Because I'm like, oh, I too. use it. It's it's relevant. It has a moment. I've like I got like Halloween jokes that I only tell in October because I'm like that's a good Halloween joke, but it's not relevant the rest of the year. Yo, dude, I'm still telling a Christmas joke, dude. Really? I'm trying to change it. I'm trying to change it to uh, instead of Christmas to birthday because birthday could be any time. Yeah, absolutely good call. Yeah. Unless you're Jehovah's Witness, I'm like, fuck man, those people, those poor people aren't listening. They don't have electricity. Dude, so you were a bouncer for what'd you say, fifteen years? Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Fuck, I was gonna say thirteen too, because yeah. it's in your act. Yeah, it's definitely my act. I don't talk to. Uh, I'll talk about it more. I'm more willing to talk about it on podcasts. Like my, it's in my act subtly because right. I don't want to do I mean, jokes thir- about the it. Thirteen year part. Yeah, the thirteen year part, but I don't want to do jokes about it because they come off douchey. It's because you what? tell us. Well, you tell a story about beating somebody up, and most people <laughs> that don't go through it. Are like, what an asshole! He thinks he can kick everybody's ass. Like, not at all, asshole. I train with people who beat the 
fuck out of me, okay? Yeah. They, they took me and made me feel like a 12-year-old girl with no real body weight. We're not even talking like a fat kid. Like a little... Oh. Tw- like the anemic 12-year-old girl, the one who's not got iron in her diet. Like, that's how <laughs> I felt, bro. Blah, blah. And you're landing and they... Dude, guys half my size beating the shit out of me. But then when we're talking about bouncing, these are people who don't know how to fight. Nobody really knows how to fight goes out and picks fights. Because they have no need to. They have nothing to prove. It's, it's, like a, it's like a funny comic doesn't have shit to prove. They don't sit in conversation and just have to be funny. They're just right. naturally funny. And if right. it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, we're talking like people. Right. There was, there, I saw a new comic on the scene. Not a comic, he's an open micer, but a new open micer on the scene. And the dude, like, this is pet peeve. Don't just do your act when I'm talking to you. Yes! I don't like that. I'm, I feel like I'm not talking to a person. And I feel like I'm your audience member. And I'm like, dude... I, did, I had to do that shit in there. I don't... I'm not going to do this right here. So here's my thing. What's that? So I used to... In the beginning, I would like say... When I wrote a funny joke, I'd be like, Hey, so-and-so, what do you think of this joke? Tell it. That's proper. Right. Okay. But I still feel... I still kind of feel cringy about that because now it's like, Okay, now I'm confident enough to go without... It would be like, Hey, what do you think of this joke? Do you think this is funny? Before I go try it. Now I just go try it. And if it's funny, I'm like, Oh, people laughed. Cool. But you're you're also getting better it, in your writing. It, okay. That that that's a sign to you. That's a good sign. That means you're writing enough to where you're no longer feeling the need to ask other comics, feeling the need to find out on your own. So that's a really good sign. That's oh, good. Fuck yeah, it's fuck very yeah. very common when you're new on stage to go, dude. What do you think of this? Because it's a it's an easier way to look at a comic and make sure a you don't put your foot in your mouth, especially when your content's being darker. Right. It's a good thing, especially when you're younger in in the game. Uh, four months in and you can look at somebody and go hey man is this crossing a line and somebody can go hey yes or no and then you still will make the decision for yourself right but you at least have somebody else's input now you're at the point you've done enough stages you put in the time you put in the hustle right. where you can look at a joke and go it's not crossing a line and if it does you never tell it again right and it, but you know that oh, okay quick and you're out of it right so yeah same thing but uh yeah bouncing stories the the that shit was crazy, and I love them because it's one of those things that you all of a sudden realize, like, most people don't have that perspective. Like, they don't. They didn't live in a nightclub for 13 years where fuck. you see the wildest shit. People come in and put their adult hat the fuck up on the coat, and then they just act like buck wild children for <laughs> five hours. They, they oh, I'm drunk is the excuse to just act like assholes. So, oh, yeah. the amount of shit I... Oh, uh, one time we fought fighters. This is a good... All right, I'll tell the story on your podcast. One time we fought fighters. And actual MMA... Like they were like, MMA fighters okay, trying to get so into the club? So they were like... Think of them like open micers. Okay. I'll, I'll try to break this down in the best context. Think of them as open micers as MMA fighters. So they were going into the class... <clears throat> they, excuse me. So the first year in... And they were... But they were trained enough to take a guy who had no idea what he was doing and fuck him up. <laughs> okay. And these fucking guys come in with the champion, the guy who just won the belt. Thank God he did not get involved. Let me state that first. He did not get involved or we all, this story would probably go way different. His crew, for whatever reason, was jumping up and down like jackasses. They were probably coked out of their fucking minds. Right. That's really what it was. They were coked out. And it, liquor isn't the problem. It's the coke. Because all of a sudden people get blowing them and they think they're rock stars. And it's like, you're not a rock star, dude. You're a fucking accountant. Yeah. Be real with yourself. Like, that's a, good for you to be able to afford a rich drug like cocaine, but yeah, dude. you're not a rock star. So these guys are jumping up and down because they're thinking, oh, hey, 
we just won the title. You yeah. know how the, you know how those people are. We just won the title. And so one of our guys goes to tell him to calm down. They throw him on the ground and start kicking him. Bro, if you want to talk about, like, as a bouncer, your fucking nightmare is, okay, these, we know these guys actually know how to fight. They have the cauliflower ears. They got all their little... Uh, we know they know how to fight, some of them. And, like, oh, now we're going to have to fight them. And that's the one thing about a bouncer that was... It's like a comic. You never get to pick your audience. You never get to pick the person you were fighting. I've had to fight people who were literally five feet tall, one guy in this fight. And I've had to fight people who were, like, 6'9", 350 pounds. And either way, you just have to be, like, it's go time. Press play. You know? And these dudes legitimately, like, they started fighting and we started... Dude, what you would do if you saw your boys getting jumped? You instantly go, fuck, we're jumping in this fight. Yeah, we have but to jump in. But in your mindset, you're like, I don't want to do this. So we <laughs> went into the fight, dude. And long story short, first guy, it was, it was the one night as a bouncer. I had seven fights as a bouncer. I fought seven different people in that night. It was the longest night as a bouncer. Oh, my God. I hated it. First guy is the five-foot guy. Dude, this, you'll love this because he was a douchebag, and we love bagging douchebags. Okay. He, was a, he took second in Europe in some wrestling tournament. And this is before the day of Instagram, so he would, like, pull this thing out in his wallet. He carried the fucking picture in his wallet. Oh, my and God. And he would show it and because I was, like, an asshole then. That's what led to being a comic. And every time he pulled it out, I go, dude, who's number one, dude? I want to meet that guy. Why isn't he here? And I would just treat his little ass and he'd get mad. So this was the time he got to try to fuck with me. Dude, he shot on me. I banged him a little bit. He put his arm up. I hooked it up, broke it. Oh! Yeah. Oh, I felt it snap. His boy grabs him because he saw it, like, pull off and then turns to punch me. I step left, hook to the body, hook to the face. He's good night. Uh I get fucking grabbed from behind, taken face first into the wall. Because one of the guys clearly, boom, shoulders me. And I spin around, though, because yeah, I know what I'm doing, too. I spin around, put him in a guillotine, wrap the legs around him, put him down, feel him go out, look over there. Wait, you made him pass out with your arm? Well, the guillotine. What? So the guillotine, you know, it's like a reverse headlock. So your throat goes here, and I cut off the, the windpipe and the blood flow. So you're going out in eight seconds. So he shot, but because he was a wrestler who wrestled wrestlers, at this point, this was the time I'd started working with guys in the club who were jujitsu guys. And so I started learning submissions. And you learn that shit real quick on somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. And he left his neck out. He went here and left his neck out. So it was literally like child's play. You cinch it up like this and you just lock him in. Dude, eight seconds he was out. What the fuck? Yeah. Dude, Did you make sleep. me pass out? Night, night. Dude, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But yeah, it's, it's horrible. You could? Yeah, but you, you might shit yourself. No. Yes, that's happened to people. I've done that to people. Well, hold on. So I look over here and my boy is getting tossed around a little bit and I go grab the guy and I put the guy in an arm bar and just like get him in the arm bar, the cops come up. So that fight ends. My other bouncers are like cleaning house over there because they're all stand-up fighters and we have one wrestler. So the wrestler is wrestling with the guy and the stand-up fighters are just knocking motherfuckers out. Dudes are just getting... I didn't see it because I wasn't... I was fighting my own fight. Sure. So then all of a sudden... Those guys, the cops come, they book all those guys. The champion walks by so cool in his little leather jacket, and he goes, good move. He's a Polish guy. He's like, good move. And I was like, thank you for not getting involved, because that he's like a head kick. Like, he would have knocked me the fuck out. He was a champion. Like, real life. Like, yeah. beating other black belt type champions. Oh, you fuck. know, so... So we go back in the club, and uh, it was a club that I worked at for, like, about two years at that point, and everybody there... Who'd had a problem with us because we were bouncers and they do something stupid. And we're like, really, what are you going to do about it? And they just have to swallow their pride. 
Dude, they saw us all banged up. Like, I had a bruise on my eye. Like, every bouncer was cut up. Dude, we fought these fighters. So, every, dude, you, everyone got popped. So, we walked back in, and it looked like hyenas looking at lions. Like, oh, we're going to fuck them up tonight. And the rest of the night was all fights. And I got three more fights. And those dudes, I was like, I'm not fucking with you. Bink. Good night. And I, it was one time I got so You just knocked people out? Literally, that night was the night I hit people and they were like dude you really have to stop punching people because i was <laughs> i was dude um i have a bruise on my face and you're trying to fight me now in my defense for the listener if you don't know this about a bouncer the law is i had to get punched first so everybody i knocked out punched me in the face so you just fucking popped him in the dude what the fuck it. that's what they got does that hurt to hit him or to get hit to get oh, hit like if oh. i were to have you sock me in the face right now would that hurt me my, if I gave you a stiff jab, you would sit on your ass. <laughs> That's a real, like, because, dude, they hurt. If you learn how to snap your punches and throw them properly, no matter how big you are, it fucking hurts. And if you have a little guy who hits you, it fucking hurts. A little guy? Dude, it doesn't, if they know how to hit right. Because they're, they're still, it's still, if it's a 130-pound guy, that's 130 pounds hitting you in the side of the face. No, it's not. His fist doesn't weigh as much as his No, it's arm. actually pound of pressures per square inch. That's a good point. Pounds of pressures per square inch. The average person is about five to 600 pounds of pressure per square inch. So that's what you're creating right here. That, that force. Oh, that's what you're generating with, with twists of the hips and all that other shit. So most people hit the, the, the five to six. I'm at nine to like one. That's where I hit. So that's where... What we did in that nightclub when we had too many fights was they put in a punching machine and me and the other puncher would do that. We would just hit the thing as hard as we could once and they'd say, oh, that's who holds a record. Dude, I hit, like, I hit like a 700 one time. Dude, dope. That's, that's a good, but that's a good solid punch. But you don't want to get hit. It hurts so bad. And that will piss you off. Like I've looked at a lot of people as a bouncer and they hit me in the face. And I was like, don't do that. Because it didn't hurt. They didn't know what they were doing. They'd hit you. and but, <laughs> but that night, like, I have a bruise on my face. You saw that fucking melee that everybody in the club saw. Was, dude, it was 15 out of 6. Oh, it was a, were you the 6? Yeah, we were the 6. And they fucking went to the hospital. It was hilarious. It was, oh, it, was, it was a good time. But that was the craziest, like, night where I just got home and I was like, do I really want to do this? And then the, like... You quit and became a comic. No. I was 26 and I went, yeah, I do. How old are you now? 37. Oh, that's fucking sick. You have yeah. a son, huh? Yeah, I got a son. He's uh, 18. Next week. Jesus Christ. I, well, that wasn't his name. I thought about it. Did you? Of course. You're fuck- I'm not no, he's, Yeah, no, he's totally... Uh, he's funny as shit. That's dope. Yeah, he's funny as shit. He, uh, he doesn't... Like, when he was in 7th or 8th grade, his teacher was like, asked him, like, where do you get your sense of humor from? And he just my dad. Like, he has the same... Like, dude, he... Uh, he got the mistake. I used the mistake line in my my set. Yeah. Okay? He's the reason why. We were going to a Sox game. And, oh, uh, shit. Yeah, it was one, huh? Taking him to the Sox game. And we're pulling up. And uh, my, uh, my boy was driving. And he goes, oh, shit, I should have turned there. I go, yeah, that was a mistake. He was just like me, right, Dad? Like, he's got that sick sense of humor. Oh, okay. And we love it. And, like, he's really funny. He's he's a really good guy. He's got a, he's got a he's got a girlfriend. He's you know steady, so he, he's treating her right. So 
all the things you, you look you for hope. in your kid. You hope. Well, no, no, you you make sure like. I mean, you hope he is. No, treating her right. No, I know he is, dude. I'm, I, I fucking hit I him. Know. I don't know, dude. What if he's like Loki calling her like a skank and shit? Oh, she kick his ass. He's still skinny. He hasn't filled out yet. He no, he he'd be all right. But no, he wouldn't. Hear he'd be all right. <laughs> he'd be all right. He'd keep her off him with his this reach. He'd be like, stay away from me. Stay guy. away from me. This fucking guy. Talk about a fight. He'd be all right in beating up a chick. Not this beating her up, but keep him. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, gotta I use the reach. It. Stay away, lady. Stay away. Never hit him. Keep him away from you and get out of the house. Get a witness. I love it. Dude. No, but he, yeah, he's really dope, dude. He's actually taller than me, which is fucking weird. Oh, that sucks. Six two, man, and he's hey. Listen out. to this. A father is someone you always look up to, no matter how tall you get. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Was that was that on the mug you you got your dad this year? No, that's on a pillow in his room. Yes, I love it. Oh, <laughs> sweet. I love how you knew that. And making me feel good about that. You're like, there's no way this guy just pulled that out of his ass. No, <laughs> yeah. no he's he's super dope though. He's he's a he's a really cool kid. He's um, I think he wants to go to Portland, eventually. Dope spot. Yeah, he likes Portland. So, yeah, good kid, man. Um, you lucked out then, man. Yeah, he's so. Imagine like, if he sold crack. He'd have more money, but, you know. <laughs> he'd be making them runs, baby. Like father, like son. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't teach him that. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, dude, hey, I worked in nightclubs, man. You move what you gotta move. Um, you no, sold crack. No, I didn't sell crack. You, I, 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 I didn't sell anything for the record, but uh, there was a lot of blow move through there. and uh, You hey, would man, help it? I, I didn't, hey... I'm not saying I helped it or I didn't. I'm just saying... You got some free shit in the bathroom and you let it slide. Hell no. Hell no. That's not... Man, you got to pay... Dude, all right. Let me tell you how a bouncer gets paid. This is good shit. Okay. And then we'll move on to... Absolutely. Because this is some juice. All right. You get kicked out of a nightclub because you're going to with your mouth. If somebody goes to kick you out of a nightclub... I already have. Yeah. Keep a 20 on you if it's a shitty nightclub. Keep 40 or 50 on you or 60 on you if it's a good nightclub. You give that guy $20, you're going to be back in that nightclub. You go to his $20. If you can't, offer it to him once and then put it away because if you put it out again, he might just grab it. And then, I mean, it's, it's gone. His. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. So, um, but you can put it out. Uh, if you need blow in a nightclub, you ask your bouncer. Your bouncer may be like, man, I don't fuck with that. But in a few minutes, somebody who does will come up to you because that guy, it's, it's like a reference. That guy is going to get hooked up for hooking up that guy. Oh, now, yeah. Let's say hypothetically you do have a bag of cocaine, okay? And it's a 30 bag. It's just a mincy 30 bag. You go to the table where they're spending $10,000 or $5,000 and you sell it for six to $800. They don't give a shit because they want to pull that cash out in front of that hot little 22-year-old who's drinking up all their liquor and they want to show her daddy's rich. And you just made yourself 800 bucks less the 100 that you had to cut the other guys in on. You made yourself seven hundred bucks. That's a nice deal. If you're into that. If you're into that, yeah. this fucking guy, dude. He always fuck. He fucking always end it funny, dude. You fucking crack me up, dude. Thank you, sir. I'm weird. This fucking uh, guy. But yeah, that, that's a, that's a good tip for you people who are drug druggies and bound in bouncing land. If you ask need drugs, your bouncer. ask your bouncer friendly and ask him nicely. And if you throw him a ten or a twenty, they won't hate you for it. If you throw him a twenty, you're gonna get it. If you throw him a hundred, money talks. It's a money talks business. Dude, throw I just made money. my butthole wet, bro. It's absolutely how it should be, baby. Money talks. 
Oh, what are we on to next? Because bouncing and my kid are amazing. Baseball. Baseball. We love this sport. Uh, this is my favorite sport, dude. Yes. This is what helped me in comedy. Getting to be a coach in baseball and learning how to be coachable, but also learning like people. Because you have to, you, you learning people is like learning an audience. Each kid is an individual and you have to be able to recognize really quickly if they're sensitive or if they're, you know, like sensitive. A, yeah, not a game. So, so all of them. Yeah. Uh, no, there are kids like you that you could literally be like, "Look, pussy." <laughs> literally, <laughs> That's I, me, I had a catcher. My my first job, I was coaching on the. I, I got the JV and I got to be an assistant on the varsity. Sure. And I was the head JV coach, and I got a catcher, and he was really athletic, and he was really good. And I walked up to him and go, "Bro, you'd be a great catcher." He goes, "Oh, really? Thanks, coach." I go, yeah, just once you stop being a pussy, and he was like. He had never gotten talked to you like that. He didn't know how to respond. Uh, he just looked like, and and it, he's like looking. How at a old grown was he? Man. Like a junior? He was fourteen, fourteen or fifteen. Fuck. And he's, he's, old he's, he's looking at a grown man who's looking at him like you know. And I'm like, what's up, bro? And he's like, fuck. <laughs> so he had to sit there. Very first game, which is two weeks later, he comes up to me. He goes, "Hey, coach, thank you so much." I really needed to hear that. It made me a better catcher. I'm like, bro, you're going to be my starter all year. And from that moment on, he moved into the starter position. Because he blocked every ball. He had one pass ball the entire season. We're not plugging some kid named Dylan, bro. What did that have to do with comedy? What did that have to do with comedy? Um, Learning how to read somebody. Learning how to read an audience. If you go in and you see a bunch of white-haired people, know you're going to have to pull your, your, your violent shit back. If you go into a crowd and you've got a bunch of teenagers, you got kids that look like this kid. He's got a fuck at the time he had a beaver haircut. Uh, Bro, you could take it. You could take what I'm about to give you. And it's the same thing with an audience. You can read the audience and go, they can take what I'm about to give them. Oh, yeah. You give them the full, the full money, and you can because especially as new comics, as we work towards eventually hopefully being able to have a clean set and a good one, but we still have better dark shit. And if we get to roll with that, it's gonna be a good set. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But I'm not telling that in a room full of grandmas or a church show. You know what I mean? <laughs> Read your audience. Guy. So if you learn, and then there's other kids where you have to be like, oh, no, you're great. Well, he's hitting 138. You know what I mean? That's bad. That's bad, but you got to tell them, hey, man, you're, you're getting there. And you got to lie to them because if you that's tell them, one they hit suck. every 10 at bats. Absolutely, bro. That's poo poo. But you just tell them, like, man, you ain't hitting your weight. And they might not respond to that. Like, they might pull back and not get better. So you have to, same thing with the crowd. You have to play with the crowd and make them enjoy you. Fucking, fucking A, man. So, but you're an Angels fan. Angels, baby, dude. I understand. Trouty, Otani, Calhoun, but he kind of sucks. Yo, he strikes out a lot, but um, he's, dude, he's, dude, he's fat for a baseball player. Calhoun, dude, he moves though, dude. He moves, that's what's so wild. You have to in that game. He's, he's, he's good, man, but Trout, Trout's. Awesome. Greatest of all time, but like, I not have, yet. No, Babe not Ruth. yet. Not yet. Babe Ruth won ninety five games as a pitcher. That loser, bro. Otani's gonna beat that. Otani. Otani gonna have surgery before. He's a good hitter though. I like him. Dude, Every he already has like ten home runs. He just came back this month. He's a beast, dude. Here's what I like about the Angels fans here. Okay, because you guys have the Dodgers, and we're talking about this. Oh yeah. You guys have the fucking Dodgers, and that's got. Does everywhere you go when you say you're from here, people ask you if you're a Dodgers fan? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with us. Are you a Cubs fan? No, I hate that fucking team. I mean, I don't hate the Dodgers. Like, if the, if the Dodgers were to win a World Series, I'd be like, all right, good for them. At least it's local. Yeah, see, for you, that's not. That. No, <laughs> we're in the same city. It's across the way. It's like, fuck you. All right, here's why. The Southsiders, 
We're, we're, we're poor people, okay? We're lower middle class. We're middle class. We work hard. And the people that we work for are on the north side of Chicago. That is truly what it is. And the north siders like to rub our nose in it. And like, they're the Cubs. They're the Cubs. They're the ritzy people. Oh, come look at our ballpark. It's like, dude, you're not even sober by the first inning. Shut the fuck up. You suck. They're horrible fans. They're super... I can't say the Sox fans are better. There's a shit ton of fights there. It's 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 <laughs> yeah, it's a violent. It's a major crime city, dude. Yeah, it has it. It's there. It, it you know I mean you you dude everyone has a story if you go there long enough somebody will try to rob you. It's funny. <laughs> it's just dude that's how that's how people are there, man. They I don't know why. It's nice being out here though. You guys don't have you have it, but it's not in an abundance. The abundance there is uh, like you hear people oh I went downtown and uh yeah. I almost got robbed. This guy tried to take my money, and he was trying to hustle me. I'm like, "Yeah, welcome, welcome to Chicago." That's that's how it is. It's probably like Hollywood. You get into Hollywood, and everyone's trying to sell you something on the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same way there, but they're just trying to rob you. That's so fucked. It's, it's just think of it like that, in a, in a comedic sense. If we can try to make light of robberies, fuck, dude, man. fucking. So if the Chicago Cubs, when they won the World Series, you weren't... Have the White Sox ever even won? Yeah, 05. Yes, don't disrespect us. Oh, that don't was like... I don't even uh, remember don't that. Don't, no, you wouldn't. What is that, Paul Canerco era? Yes, thank you. Oh. All right, thank you, though. Thank you. Paul Canerco. Dude, that guy was... Okay, I had his baseball card. It was pretty sick. Yeah, he was He was very good. He, he's uh, His number's retired there. He was good. Is he yeah. already? Yeah. He, dude, he was a... He was a... Dude, top five in home runs. Guy's a beast. For the Sox, not clearly not for baseball, but um, yeah, yeah, dude, they they're fucking good. They they were good then. They're gonna they're getting good now, which is exciting. They've been bad for fucking years, and they're getting. Are they? Oh yeah, bad. Jose Abreu. They got Abreu. They got Mancada. They got Eloy, who just came over. That guy's gonna be Quintana. Amazing. Quintana. No, they traded. They traded him for Quintana. Yeah, but they got a they got a fuck ton of arms that are injured, so it sucks. Angels too. Well, actually, no. The Angels' arms are just trash. Dude, Our offense is so beast. But yeah, like they, we're having like, the same issue. We both have really good offenses and but like, shit pitching. And it's just like, bro, uh, dude. Okay, this is funny. We were me and my dad. We were in the gym at the hotel, fucking working out. Okay. We walk in. The Angels are playing. Fuck. Who the fuck are they playing? Oakland. No, St. Louis. They're okay. playing St. Louis. At the okay, beginning yeah, yeah. of my trip. They're playing St. Louis. Pujols is last game there, probably forever, unless yeah. they meet in the World Series. And he's like. Angels are up six nothing. There's two outs in the ninth, and our relievers pitching or whatever are like not our closer yet because it's six nothing. It's just a random yeah. guy out there, fucking dude. Like gives up like two runs, and we're like, oh six. So, like literally right as we walked in, six zero, boom. Guy gets two runs. We're working on the machine. Dude brings in the next guy, gives up two more runs, and we're like, oh, okay, dope. Like this is all we're watching, and then yeah. they finally got the third out. We're like, bro. Like, we almost just, like, walked in and watched this fucking shit-ass arms just blow the whole thing. And you have such good hitting. You have a really good team. And you had a fun stadium, dude. I like that stadium. That's chill. Voted number one. Was it? Yeah, for fan experience. It's a good time, dude. That's a that's a good time. I like to sit the in right field behind bro. Trout. Right field behind Trout is yeah. sick because he always throws the ball in. It's fucking yeah. dope. Dude, he's he's awesome. I, I like Mike Greatest Trout. player he's of our generation. Yeah, he's the best on this, clearly. He's, he's going to be the best for probably... Ever, all time. He's going to be better than Ruth. He's not going to be better than Ruth. He's not going to be... I mean, there's some people... Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Trash. Like, shut up. I hate, <laughs> I hate you. Ricky Henderson's amazing. Um, but Trout's going to be one of those guys that has that argument. 
when he's all said and done, I think you will, we'll look at his numbers and go, he's a legit argument to be the best of a 25-year span, which is putting him in that, yeah, you could have an argument. And hopefully he plays them all for the Angels. Because I like that he's so close. Oh, dude, he just signed that new, like, 14-year deal. You just hope he doesn't get traded long-term. No, That's it's fucking, sports. it's, uh, he had a new trade clause. But he could waive that. You know how they get around that? A-Rod had that, too, in Texas. That's true. And then he got to New York when he wanted to. I guess he wanted to go to New York, obviously. Fuck yeah, I mean, if you, Arlington or New York. New York, dude, exactly. are you kidding me? That's a no-brainer, bro. He, did you ever see that documentary about how he almost went to Boston? Yeah. That was fire. Dude, uh, I wish he would have. I hated him. I, he was one of my least favorite players. A-Rod? Just, yeah. He's a steroid user. And anytime I went to the Angel Games, the old school ones, back when A-Rod and Jeter and all them, yeah. Weaver, uh, back when those teams, fucking A-Rod always hit a home run. It pissed me off so hard. Yeah. I, I just didn't like him because when they get in team fights, he'd go talk with Derek Jeter. And I'm like, you're both pussies. Uh no, if your team's getting in it, bro. They're in commercials and shit. Dude. They can't get fucked up. Throw They're pretty punch. boys, I know. dude. Throw a punch. Baby. They're on screen, dude. I respect you more if you kicked him in the nuts. Oh, my God. But tackle him. Just lay on the ground. I don't know. Don't be nice. How'd you... Speaking of the angels, man, how'd you get to L.A.? Uh, my fiance, uh, she got a job. Congrats. Thank you. Not to her getting a job, to yeah. having her in general. Yeah, thank you. Uh, she got a job in Chicago. We, we were living in Florida. Once Chicago. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we, we, we had moved out there right after she got some college. from Florida. Are you really? Fort Walton Beach, baby. Oh, no shit. Okay, I lived in Fort Lauderdale in North Miami. Oh, shit. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we when she graduated, we wanted to get out of Chicago. We wanted to get away from and went to Florida. Did that five years. Um, that's where I got introduced to comedy, but I didn't do it. I wrote jokes for a guy who was an open micer and he wasn't funny, but he was taking lines I was saying at work. He's like, can I use it in comedy? And I was like... All right, and I finally went and saw him, and it was the first time I had an inkling going, I think I could do this, because he sucks. Yeah. And he got a couple chuckles, but he wasn't funny. He was very, like, overly graphic comic, like, talking about his dick and other shit. Uh. But, like, a couple of jokes kind of hit where it was like, I think I could do this, because I wouldn't be up there talking about my dick. Sweet. And so I started getting that idea, and I started writing, and could I even be a good writer? And then we go back to Chicago. She has a job there. She gets a job in this major company, Fortune 500 company, huge. So she gets a job in Chicago. We move back there. That's the that's the catch. We move back, and when I'm there, I'm like, I fucking hate this. I'm bored. I'll do comedy. And that's where I started in comedy. And then she got a chance to move out here, and we were like... Well, well then many years later. Yeah, two, two years later. We were only in Chicago for two years. Okay. And two and a half. And she got the opportunity to move here. And um, we were like, fuck yes. Snow or California? Right through California. It's, not, it's a no-brainer, bro. Right out here. We come out here. And then I was doing Second City. And I was like, all right, cool. And it was so, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work because I'm not That's an actor. That's the improv comedy shit, right? Yeah, it's the improv comedy. You learn how to, like, I was learning how to write sketch. But I, I, I like writing script and stuff like that. But I had no idea how to do it. Sure. But I had ideas. And th- it was a great place to learn, like, how to format and structure shit. And so I was busy learning, like, okay, I really want to learn how to do this. And so I was still booking. When I go back to Chicago, I'd book shows. Sure. But I wasn't doing mics. And then I was, like, I was missing it too much. And I was getting grumpy. And then here I was finally, like, yo, I got to hit a mic. And I looked up, and it was a Carmen bar, mile from your house. I'm, like, what? Sign. Going there. One thing on a Wednesday, you were not there. Oh, fuck. No. You weren't there, but Crystal Chats was there. 
Okay. Crystal chats flat out. One of the you, her, and I think it's you and her. When I started, were the two people that went. You. She went that night. We were outside. She said, "Yo, I got this Mike K squared. You got to come to Friday. You're really funny." Da da da. She was, you know, hey, dude, cool. She was being super sweet. Uh, she's a really good person. She, hey, come on over. All right, come over. And I see your ass over there. I see, you walk, I see you walk in and you got this little like this little look. You got your little swaggy walk. I'm like, who, the fuck, <laughs> who the fuck's this little kid walking up here all fucking swaggy? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and the way you walked up, I'm like, you better fucking be funny, little kid. In my head, I see you. And then I go up and I do my set and I look and there's you and uh, I think it was you and Dom. And you and Dom here and I are sitting there cracking the fuck up in a room full of comics. And I'm like... These two motherfuckers get it. Like, you can laugh in a room full of comics, and if it's funny, and like, oh, and once somebody's laughing at your jokes and they're a comic, you're like, cool with this person kind of already, because they're already yeah. on board with what you're thinking. Yeah. And I'm looking at you two laughing, and I look at you go, he's fucking good. And I went, all right, I'm, I'm going to be easy on this kid's set. So I didn't have high expectations, because you're young. And I just thought, I've seen, like, young comics all the time, and I thought sure. you were going to get up there and be like, my dick is down on my knee like a typical young comic. Yeah. So that's what my anticipation is. You get up there and you have dark humor. And I'm like, okay, par for the course. But it fucking hit. And I had, I took it like an audience member who never heard you. <laughs> if you've not heard Galen Nash see him live, but you're probably not listening to this podcast. Dude, you told the jokes and you got me rolling. To the <laughs> point where I was like, this motherfucker is vicious you and Arkin were the first two that I saw on the scene that I went vicious because you you two give no fucks yeah. your sets are I, I'm, I'm a comic this is me take it or leave it yeah. and there's as, as a comic who tries to filter my shit nice and hate myself for it I look at you and I go I fucking love you for it I, lo- I tell Arkin all the time I fucking love you for it I think that shit should book all the time and it would free all of us to just do yes. whatever the fuck we wanted to do. But the fact remains, you we can't all do it. Right. Because it, they wouldn't book all of us. But the fact that you guys do it so well, and I but you had me rolling to where like I was like this I was mad at myself as a co- as a like a veteran <laughs> as a young veteran comic, like laughing because I'm like, this motherfucker got me broke and and the funny thing was nobody in Second City ever broke me. Like they dude, they were actors trying to break a comic. So they were trying to tell me, oh, like, yeah. dad jokes, and I'm just looking at them, like, I gave them, like, like, those, like, you look <laughs> at a kid who, who's at the batting cages, and he misses the 12 balls, and you're like, you don't want to tell him, well, we wasted 75 cents, so you're like, eh. <laughs> you just nod at him, there's nothing you could say, you know, but yeah, I, I saw you, and I was like, holy shit, I like this kid, you had me rolling, so right afterwards, I'm like, yo, gotta meet him. Went up, hey, cool, but you had to jet because you were going, you were, this is before you're booking a lot of sets. You were hitting mics like an animal. Yeah. This was your four mic a night routine. This is when you're getting Dom into it, showing him how to do it, taking him under, like, hey, you got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And so you were like, yo, I got to bounce. Next week I see you at Carmen Bar and you flat out were like, yo, come outside. And then that, that was the point we started talking and we're like, you're like, bro, we're going here, here, here. You riding with us? And I was like, yeah, dude, because nothing like that happened in Chicago. What? There is no Crystal Chats or Galen Nash in Chicago. And, and, and with whatever people can get pissed off in moments about things about this, 
That's where I always look and go, but there, I always have that, and you'll always have that with me. There are people in Chicago who are like, hey, come with me. They're like, hey, Google it. Oh, damn. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. You will get people a couple months in, but, dude, my first night in OC comedy, a person literally grabs me and goes, come to my mic Friday. It's going to be a great room. You're going to love it. Da-da-da-da-da. I had to Google this place. I had to drive up to Aurora, wherever the fuck we were. Yeah, Long Aurora Beach, Theater, Long, Long Beach. Beach, Long Beach, and I didn't know where that was. I'm driving the fuck up there, go there, and I'm meeting comics there. She was awesome and introducing me to other comics. She introduced me like Chuck and all those guys. Got to meet you, and then, dude, meeting you, how much you hustled. I was like, I'd never seen that. Like anyone, my level. Below. So four years and below. In my four years, I never seen anybody where I'd literally been like, I went home and told my girl, like, yo, this kid's a fucking go-getter. Like, legit. Like, you don't take days off. Yeah. And you're aggressive with it. You're in, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, it made me go, yo, I need to get more of that. Yeah. Like, in me, where I need to be like, okay, yeah. It's one thing you have the jokes, you better, you got to sell it to. Right. You got to move. And watching you, I was like, holy shit. So I've learned, it's weird because you can learn something from somebody so young in the game if you're paying attention. But you have, that's back to baseball. You got to learn coaching kids, you got to be coachable. Right. You got to learn, you learn when you coach a kid who doesn't fucking listen. You're like, you got to go the other way with the ball. You got to go the other way with the ball when you're hitting. You do because pitchers have off-speed pitches. And it's the same thing with comedy. It's like you got to go the other way with the ball because everyone can hit a fastball. you got to set a punchline cool. What can you do if the audience throws you a curveball? Right. Can you sit back and wait? Because if you can't, you're never going to learn. And you see young comics that you tell, hey, man, you got to wait back on the curveball. you got to wait. You know what I mean? But they don't do it. And then you take people where they're – same thing coaching baseball, same thing paying attention to you. If you're paying attention, somebody eight months in the game can teach somebody four years in the game, hey, you're not doing this enough, so pick it up. Right. And that's where I think people need to take – it's easy to look at everyone's flaws. You need to take everyone's best characteristics and see what you can steal from them. Right. And that – don't steal their sets. Steal what they're doing to get sets. Right. Steal their hustle. Why are they booking? And I looked at you right away, and that shit stepped my booking game up. I got booked way more, not just because you're putting me on sets, but because I learned from you how to go, you got to attack. Yeah. You've got to be present. you got to be seen. you got to be in the community. you got to be nice. you got to be mingling. you got to talk to people. you got to do all this shit. Right. And that shit, dude, straight up. That shit, it just stepped my game up another level. Right. And that's, and you, that's what this game is. We're leveling up until... Forever. There's no end game. The end game is we die. Right. We're not done with this shit. You're going to be 78 years old trying to make your nurse laugh in the fucking nursing home. Because right. we're such weird, empty people. We need that little chuckle. Have you heard um, Robin Williams' quote about comedians? What? Which one? About how he says that he thinks that comedians are the saddest people and that they try to make other people laugh so they don't have to feel as bad as they do. Probably, yeah. I've heard that, but yeah, I absolutely could agree with that. It's a fire quote, it's, dude. It's, it's crazy because we all act so happy. But at the end of the day, dude, you know when you're done at the end of your set, and you know I've seen you do great sets, dude. Mm-hmm. You crush, you go home, 
It's cool for an hour. After that hour, there's that real weird emptiness that you're just like, can I do that now? Can I go get it's 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 can like I do heroin? It can I it's do it literally again? heroin, yeah. dude. Can I need that? I need that again. And I was just saying that to my friend who picked me up from the airport. I was like, dude. He was like, oh, dude, are you sad to be back? I was like, nah, dude. I need to get on stage. Like, I fucking, I've spent like five days. I'm gonna be rusty as fuck. And you're gonna feel it the first time you go on stage. And then the second time you're good. And you're good. But that first time on stage, you're gonna you're be just crusty. Yeah. And it's so weird because if, if you take. You could use your best shit. Yes. And you're just crusty. Oh my God. Absolutely right. You, you'd you better have a drink in you to forget it's your fucking first time up in five yeah, days. Yeah. Because. Like, if you don't think about it, you're good. Yeah, you'll be all right. It'll, it'll be an all right set, but it won't be a you. All right, set, and that's what I think. Comics that are the, the the better comics I watch are the ones who hold themselves accountable to their own personal standard. Right, and they have a standard that says I need to make the room get this loud to be okay. I want to make them this loud, but I need this number. Right, if I don't hit this number, I bomb. Dude. I bomb, and if you bomb, you go fuck that. You gotta hit the next mic. Yeah, you go, bro. Kill Tony. I bomb on the Kill Tony set. I have my horrible minute, right? What do we do? You, you did pretty good at the interview, though. The interview was good, solid, yeah, definitely. But the set, especially for what my material is and knowing what I could do on stage, I was so mad at myself because I went, told a joke, did the rookie thing of bailing on it, and not just oh, staying you did, in the huh? Yeah, I, I told, I started a joke, and then you did the did Wreck It Ralph thing, and then I did the Wreck It Ralph thing, and like you said, like I didn't believe it because yeah. I was already out of it. Because I started, what was I, and I just, I had a bad moment, picked a bad time to have it, but they were so cool because my interview, I didn't act like, I fucking own it, I didn't act like a dick about it. So they were really cool about it. But the first thing we did was go to chapter one, and I gave an angry, pissy set, and it felt amazing. And I slept, <laughs> I slept well that night. Because at the end of the day, as a comic, dude, we bomb. We oh, bomb, yeah, dude. And then we crush. And then we bomb. And then we crush. And then we bomb. And then we, the, and then, and then you get on a streak where you don't bomb. Yeah, that's that's the scary. You don't even want to talk about those. That's like a hitting streak. You just you ignore it. Yeah, yeah. You're like, You're oh, just, that was just, that was a, that was, yeah. that was a show. How'd your show go? It happened. It ha- you don't jinx it. You're like, yeah. yeah, it was. You know, everybody else was great. Room was hot. I got a hot room. I got a hot room, and you just pawn it off because you don't want to jinx it. That's what me. I think it was me. Was it Grant and Joe? Sib Grant Cotter just Sib. I can't remember if I was talking to them about it. Uh, fuck! I forgot what I was just about to talk about. We were talking about when you don't when you don't want to fuck with a winning streak. Oh yeah, so they were talking about getting nervous on stage. Omar, Omar asked yeah. them because he was nervous right before we got on stage. He asked Grant and Joe, and they're like, "Oh, you're gonna do fine, like whatever." And he's like, "Oh, do you guys ever get nervous uh, about how you're gonna do?" And Joe, I think it was Joe, was like, "I don't get nervous about how I'm gonna do. Sometimes I'll just kind of worry about if they're gonna like me or not." Yeah. I was like, damn, dude, that fucking hit heavy because, like, I don't get nervous before I get on stage. But then I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I do kind of think about that sometimes because it's like after your first joke, you know if they're on board or not, dude. (laughs) Oh, that first one goes bunk. You're like, like, this sucks. Hold on tight, folks. Yeah. Here we go. You're not going to like the rest. If they don't like any dark humor, I'm like, oh, goodness. Here it comes, dude. Here it comes. Yeah. Uh, they they don't like. Uh, I got the I got a, a time machine, uh, a joke where the punchline basically is a kid doesn't have a dad in his life, 
and then actually made a woman walk out, and I felt so bad because you don't want to do that as a comic. <laughs> but I'm also like, I feel bad because I clearly know you have a bad relationship with your father because that oh. poor lady, dude. I felt bad, but yeah, the the dark jokes. Now I've learned how to set them up better, dude, and make sure they're all right. Fuck, dude. Dude, Dom's a funny guy. Dude, he's I oh plugging it right now. Big booty bros. I don't plug my fucking dates, but I'll plug big booty bros. When that, is that dropping? Um, fuck. Today or tomorrow, we're dropping the first episode. It's two in the morning, so it's tomorrow. So tomorrow, yeah. It's, <laughs> by the time that yeah, it'll it'll drop uh probably today or this weekend because you know. I think it's dropping today, though. I think it's today. But it's dropping this weekend. Look Saturday. There you go. That gives you an easy. Who's on episode but one? Andrew Poopa. Oh, nice. Yeah, Andrew Poopa does a great job of uh, just balancing off Dom because Dom says some wild shit. The podcast <laughs> yeah, dude. is not PC and it's perfect for him. <laughs> dude, Dom's a fucking dope. He's sometimes, some, of the, some of the things he says sometimes, I'm like, what? <laughs> but oh, it's funny. It's always funny. Dude. If he said no, if he says a dud, oh man, he did one last. So we recorded episode three last night. <laughs> he did a dud, and everybody. It was the only time in the room everybody got quiet, and I, so he's a young comic. But he, dude, I get so, <laughs> Dom is my homie for the record. Dude, he's my get, boy. He's dude. our boy. He he rides and dies, but because I get to give him a lot of like like mentorship as a big bro in comedy. I fuck with him hard because he's a little bro to me in comedy. So he told a dud of a joke. <laughs> and I go, I just leaned in like fucking a 1950s announcer and go, that swing and a miss was brought to you by Air. Dumb uh... Air. That's what you took out of the room. And this poor guy, like we, we just fuck with his bad joke, but his good jokes, dude, he tags so much yeah, shit. Yeah, dude. I he's a know. murderer. He just bop, 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 bop. And that's why I'm like, dude. So we have, a, we have a segment where it's comedians come on and they tell a story that they can't tell on stage. Either because it's too wild, it's too long. That's you fire. You haven't found a way to make it a joke. So come in and tell this story because we know as a comic it's still going to be a hilarious story. Yeah. And this is the format for it. It's like about telling you a bouncer story here. This There's, is the format for it. That's, I've, told Dom, I've told people about that. People are like, oh, why don't you have, you haven't you said this on stage? I'm like, okay, there's two kinds of funny. There's stage funny and podcast funny. Exactly different. And you need to know the difference. They're yes. really different jokes. It's ain't campfire. It's comedy club. That's what it is. Yes. It's, it's a comedy club. You got to tell jokes. And that's exactly it. So that dude comes in and he fucking... And we had Sean Malavian. We had Sean Malavian. And that uh-huh. guy is savage. Dude, he's so fucking funny. He's talking about, he's talking about shit that he's... Episode twenty five of this podcast with this guy, dude. He was he's so fun. That was a funny one. I speak full circle because we tag it all. Yeah. I was sitting in an angel's hat on an airplane listening to that podcast. There you go, dude. That tags a lot of what we talked Damn. about. Flying back from Chicago where I had to do comedy, so it was a good time, dude. Hold on, were you were you like cracking up like and people were just like because I, I was listening to Daniel Tosh on the plane today and I would laugh and people were just looking. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot I'm in public. I was going, yeah, I was going at the story of the first time I think he smoked weed, right? That was his story. And <laughs> I was like, I wasn't laughing. I was going, fucking Sean, fucking Sean. And people were probably like, did he lose somebody? Because I, yeah. I just had my head covered like, fucking Sean, <laughs> fucking Sean, this guy's fucking, he's fucking up right now in front of his dad. I, I was, oh, I was dying, dude. He's so funny. You, he's just one of those guys you press play on. And yeah. And he's, he's awesome. And that's those are the guys. We're, we're the same people. We're getting you on the podcast. We're getting people that are gets where you just press play. 
and let them go, and we get to play with them, and we all have fun. Get to play with them. I exactly, love man. Hey, dude, thank you so much for having me. I'm no, I know you're going to wrap this up. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, Adam Martinez, you can find him on Instagram at adamjokes underscore 15. Is it underscore? I don't know. Adam Jokes. It'll be tagged. Bro. It'll, It'll be, be tagged. I'm literally about to write the button. We're posting this right now, by the Perfect. way. Perfect. We're going we're gonna to be, yes. I'll be present when this is on. <laughs> All right. <laughs>